Welcome to Modern Figures Podcast, a show where we're elevating the voices of black women in computing to inspire the next generation of the advanced technology workforce. We're your hosts, Dr. Jeremy Waysom and Dr. Kyla McMullen. This podcast is sponsored by the National Center for Women in Information Technology, or NCWIT. NCWIT is a nonprofit organization that convenes, equips, and unites change leader organizations to increase participation of all women in the field of computing. Kyla and I are representatives of the Institute for African American Mentoring and Computing Sciences, or IMCS, which serves as a national resource for Black and African American students, faculty, and industry professionals in computing. Special thanks goes to our listeners who contribute to the podcast by supporting our online store, which you can find at our website, www.modernfigurespodcast.com. All right, today we have a special guest. We have Pamela Gibbs here with us, and she is an awesome, awesome design researcher. She's been a human factors engineer. She's currently getting her PhD in interaction design. So her, I love her uh, claim to fame on her website. She says she combines business strategy, project management, and marketing with a wild imagination mm-hmm. and UX slash UI design principles to create cool thingamajiggers and solutions that are user-centric, simple, intuitive, and quantifiable. So we'll mm-hmm. get into all of that. Okay. She is a foodie. So she has our hearts, <laughs> a proud wife, mom of two, and a card-carrying member of the Beehive. Wow. For all of y'all who don't know, that's Beyonce, friend of the podcast. So <laughs> We wish, in our dreams. Yeah. She's not an enemy of the podcast. No, so, no. Uh, yeah. So she's works for North of Grumman. She is a design researcher at Walmart. She's also a board member of the Board of Trustees for the Anita Borg Institute for Women in Technology. So we'll talk a bit about that. She has her BS in marketing from Penn State, as well as a BS in international business, her MBA from Penn State. And as though she did not have enough schooling, she's, as I mentioned, an interaction design doctoral candidate at the University of Baltimore. So we're going to let her talk some more. It's good right. to have you, Pamela. Thank you for having me. Yay. This is awesome. I'm like reading my bio. Dang, girl. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All the things. I haven't been doing enough. Cause uh, lies. Plurally. <laughs> lies. <laughs> you two are very busy. Mm, that's true. That is true. <laughs> Yeah, so you had a not-so-traditional path into technology. Um, So what was, like, your early, like, what did you want to be when you grew up? What sorts of things, like, interested you? I wanted to be a lot of different things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Particularly, I wanted to be like Nancy Drew because Mm. she was always solving mysteries. And how I got introduced to her was because I was always grounded. And I had to read, and my grandmother introduced me to her, um, the books, Mm -hmm. and I fell in love with it. And I was like, oh my goodness, she's nosy like me, and (laughs) she solves these interesting mysteries. And so I wanted to be like Nancy Drew. And in a funny way, I feel like it's come full circle. (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, not the grounded part, but that you were able to like use it to learn more in some ways. Yes. Because I always felt like I knew all the things. Mm. Um, Don't you know, we all? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very I, much so. I was so. born grown, so I knew everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, like, my grandmother always encouraged me to figure out things on my own and research. So when the teachers would tell me something, I'd be like, no, that's wrong. And um, I didn't realize at that time that, no, you can't do that. (laughs) And so, hence the grounding. But what that did was that fostered my imagination 
And that allowed me to research at a very, very young age mm -hmm. to prove that, hey, no, I wasn't wrong when I said this. I was actually justified. Um, I was gathering my empirical evidence. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, that didn't fly with my grandmother or my mother. And so hence grounding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's fine. I, I think, you know, inquisitive children are my favorite, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I would rather you ask me questions to death. And not just why, mm -hmm. but like actual legit questions about the world and mm -hmm. how it functions, then you to just be like, I don't care. Like, whatever. Like, this that is, is just what it is. Right. Yes. Something's wrong there. Right. right. If you're not like questioning all the things. Right. My children are that, so I'm getting my payback. Oh. Yes. Oh. Congratulations. <laughs> I think mine's coming. I really do. <laughs> so, were your parents scientists, researchers? So my mother actually is a biochemist. She got her PhD while I was young. Oh, my goodness. Um, I watched her. So my family is from Sierra Leone. They mm -hmm. immigrated here. I came when I was five years old. So it's a very interesting experience. I wanted to be nothing like my mother. I swore <laughs> up and down. I would never get my PhD. I would never oh do anything STEM-related. Why, I, It was just... I. I don't know. I was just like the rebel. I was like, I'm not going to be like you. And I am my mother. I literally am becoming Look, my mother in, in real life. Um, and it's so hilarious because you don't realize the impact of seeing certain things as you're growing up. And how she ended up getting her PhD was a woman. She speaks fluent Russian. Hmm. And so... Hmm. She left Sierra Leone at a very young age, at 16. That's, wait, so she was speaking fluent Russian at that point? Well, she left Sierra Leone. She went to Russia to study. Oh, oh my goodness. And um, at 16. Ooh. Very young. And so she made her way to the United States. She brought her whole family over from Sierra Leone. What? Why Russia? Yeah. Do you know the answer to that? You know, I've never <laughs> asked her why. I think it was just an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And she took that opportunity. Okay. And when she came to the United States, she was in a, in a hospital, and this woman was watching her translate for this Russian couple, wow. English to Russian, or Russian to English, and um, this woman said, who are you? What, what is your story? <laughs> she explained her story. She had a background in chemistry. So the woman ended up being the dean at American University oh, and paid for her entire PhD education. That is awesome. Whoa. So that is her story. And How then, serendipitous. Yeah. Like, so That's that, so cool. I was just like, I will never. And <laughs> you're and like, that's too crazy. I, I yeah. yeah. But in reality, what she was teaching me, what I didn't realize was taking risks mm -hmm. and um, not allowing circumstances to stop you from achieving your dreams. And also because I was grounded a lot, it just fostered, <laughs> it fostered that curiosity of like right. research. It's like, why can't exactly. I? Exactly. And so really what she was teaching me was to become the woman I am. And I just didn't know it. So you're like yeah. a mini version of her. I am my mother, oh, Shirley. <laughs> shout out to Shirley. Yes, hey, shout Shirley. out mom. <laughs> that's so cool. Okay, so your mother was a chemist. You didn't want to do science mm -hmm. at all. What did, mm -hmm. what did you like in school? Um, I liked strategy, and I liked the idea of making money. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just was fascinated by it mm -hmm. and I wanted to understand it. And so that led me into business. Mm. Um, but at early age, I also was really good at math, mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, I didn't connect my love of math to anything. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I did the, the calculus, the pre-calculus, the trigonometry, all of that did very well in it. But when I got to college, 
I just, I don't know. It didn't connect because, again, I didn't see a lot of women doing the things that I was interested in. And also, I didn't connect that my mom was in STEM. Mm. <laughs> like, I, I just didn't, even though you know, she was a scientist, it just didn't, you know? I agree with that. Know? I agree yeah. with that. Because my dad was, he basically a computer engineer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, But I never made that connection until after I got through college. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I was in graduate school when I was like, you're basically a computer scientist, computer engineer, like somewhere in that space, like both really. I don't understand how you got, my dad's background is in accounting. Mm. Um, but my brain just never. It didn't click. Yeah. It's, it's just dead. Well, I just but, knew his degree yes. was in accounting mm-hmm. and that was like all my brain accepted about him. Not that. We had computer pieces everywhere in my house. <laughs> See, you know, you know when I when it clicked for me, yeah, hidden figures. Oh, oh yeah, because she was doing cancer research, and I would hear about it, and I'd just be like, "Oh, that's mom." I literally just <laughs> shut that part of my brain wow. out. And then when hidden figures came out, I was like, "Oh, this, my mom is like legit." Like she's like one of these. Yeah. Right. So I just wanted to make a lot of money, be rich. Um, and and so I I, of course I was determined to be everything not like my mom so that business was the furthest um and then initially it was politics but I just I didn't end up going into politics because I just was like oh it's just too much so I'm just gonna make money another way and business came up yeah politics is a hit or miss Yeah, yeah yeah you don't really know where you're gonna end up yeah so where where did you go to college where did you do all of that stuff uh penn state and i actually (laughs) and are you from there like no i was in maryland most of my life oh wow so um i actually picked the campus by doing any mini mini mo oh my goodness i can't we actually (laughs) we actually had moved to louisiana um during my high school years the last two part of my high school years so my mom was like you know do you want to go to lsu do you want to go you know and i was like well, you say you're moving to Pennsylvania and this thing, this school called Penn State, I'll just go there. And she's like, okay, there are several campuses. And I was just eeny, meeny, miny, mo, literally. And then I ended up there and it was incredible because I didn't go to the main campus. I went to a a smaller campus, but Mm. it was the second largest one. Um, But there I got to learn a lot about who I was, what my beliefs were, what I stood for. And I got to hone in on my passion regarding business Mm -hmm. um, and started to see it for more than, no, this is more than just about making money. Like you can actually change lives. Mm -hmm. And I was very fascinated with um, how to create things that actually could be useful and help people. And so that led me from when I graduated to doing my MBA. Very, very cool. Yeah. But you've had two majors. Yes. So what, what, yeah how did that happen it's because I'm indecisive and an overachiever (laughs) and type a so I couldn't just do one I had to do two (laughs) and and, um I was because of an international background I was always fascinated about how you could create businesses from a global perspective Mm -hmm. and how to impact lives across the country across the world across you know um different cultures and so that was one of the driving forces but i also really loved marketing and understanding the psychology behind why people purchase things or why people um ascribe to certain things and Mm -hmm. understanding the strategies beyond that so yeah interesting yeah 
<laughs> so you got your MBA. Was that process? What, what was that whole process like? So I thought I wanted to go to law school. I didn't okay, even mention politics. That. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was struggling with that. And um, I just standardized test taking is not my friend. Right. And um, it did not work out. And so I was like, well, I am really good at this business thing. Let me try it. And so at that point, my school was having a four plus one. And um. I was like, you know what? Let me just knock it out. I mean, till I figure out what I'm going to do with it. And that's what happened. I so, ended up doing four plus one. Yeah. Four plus one programs are where you get the opportunity to complete a master's degree just mm -hmm. by taking some additional credits while you're finishing your undergraduate degree. And then that gives you kind of a leg up for the graduate degree. Mm -hmm. right. so, mm -hmm. so instead of six years, you take like five years yep. to get two degrees. So was that an, an MBA program then? Yes, it was an MBA program. Okay. So I just finished my undergrad degrees and then literally that August I finished. Yeah, because typically when, or started. You, when you're doing like a master's in business administration degree, you do have to take a standardized test, yes. right? Yes. So that's kind of cool that it kind of waived that for you. Yes. I mean, they let me, they were like, you still had to take one, but it wasn't like, it wasn't the main driving force because they knew the type kind of student of like I was. like the GRE right now, yes. right? Like where yeah. it's like, if you want to go to grad school, we need to check this box. Yes. But. <laughs> right. But the GRE measures how well you took the GRE. That's yes. It. That's it. And <laughs> I, I am not that. And literally I... <laughs> I got off the plane because I studied abroad. Uh -huh. So I was in France for the last semester of my schooling. Ooh. And that was awesome. And I came back and I took the GR, a GMAT rather, pardon mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. and then started school. That's cool. Yeah. How was studying abroad? Amazing. I spent all my mother's money. <laughs> <laughs> they actually, my mother and my grandmother, who I'm named after, Aww. Pamela. Aww. What up, P? Um, <laughs> she, uh, they both came to visit, and mm. that was exciting for me. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you were there for the entire semester? semester? Yeah. It was, it was a perfect way to end my college experience. So I graduated with my first degree marketing in December, mm -hmm. and then I was in France for the six months, oh, the next that's six amazing. months. I Are ate a lot of food. near fluent <laughs> in French? <laughs> no so actually i i was actually pretty good then yeah. and now it um it's been a minute it's been a yeah. minute i think i could pick it up though if i was dropped two in. whole children that you're raising <laughs> uh, a whole husband yes multiple jobs later yeah. in a phd program yeah so, right. I, I get it like you got other stuff yeah i do stuff. i do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you finished your mba mm -hmm. and you were like she had a whole career. Let me get a whole yes. job. Right. Yes. Where'd you start out? So I started out um, at Ann Taylor Loft. Ooh. Yes, I was a manager there. And also, that's when the recession hit. Oh. So that was a very humbling time because I think a lot of things that happen within B school, business school, yep. um, they pump you up. And mm -hmm. so there's this sort of ego, at least in my experience, that was created. And the recession was a very humbling time because... Um, I actually actually ended up leaving that role, um, and then I couldn't find a job, and that was mm. very hard because now I'm like, I know I'm smart and mm -hmm. I have these degrees and I'm supposed to be doing X Y Z, but it's not happening as quickly, and so what I had to do is start learning how to be resourceful and understanding who I was outside of all the titles yeah. and all the accolades, and that was a 
wonderful time in my life now that I look back on it because it taught me so many valuable lessons. So then I ended up finally, like after a couple of different retailers, I ended up in banking, Hmm. which was one of the greatest experiences in my life because it really taught me about how money works, Mm -hmm. what wealth looks like, what, um, what wealth can do for you Mm -hmm. and an understanding of, you know, investments and how, um, it impacts different communities. Mm. Mm. What do you wish people knew about wealth and money, you know, just from your time there and observing what wealth looks like? (sighs) Okay. So, there is this experience, and, and, and this this is, I think, you can take from it what you will. Okay. But there were three women that came in. There was a, a Caucasian woman, a Latin woman, and an African-American woman. Um, and they came in at different times. The, the first woman, um, when I opened up her account, by looking at her, I mean, she was, you know, a bit disheveled. Um, she was a stay-at-home mom. And mm-hmm. so you would look at her and not really think much. When I opened up her account, without getting into the specifics, there were investment accounts upon investment accounts, and there were several hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in savings. Wow. Right? But if you looked at her, her hair wasn't done, she wasn't made up, you would dismiss. Hmm. Um, When I asked her about, you know, some of the plans that she had for her finances, she said, I have to talk to my husband. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. So the second woman... Um, Latin American woman um, she worked in a service position mm-hmm. and someone again you would overlook you wouldn't think much about when it comes to finances she sat down she had several hundreds of thousands sitting in a checking account Wow, no savings account Inter- interesting interesting right the third woman the African American woman she had um, designer bag the luxury <laughs> car Hair done, weave done. Everything. I mean, she looked fabulous from head to toe. She sat down. She came for an overdraft fee. Mm. And that was a very jarring experience. And I had several of those different type of experiences Mm -hmm. that made me really reevaluate how we view money. So from that, what I gathered was some women don't have access to their money. They don't understand their money, and they allow their counterpart to dictate how their finances should be. Mm. Some women don't understand the power of investments and so they can't grow their money and some women wear their money. Mm. And um, it's no diss or anything like that. Um, I just wish that we had more financial literacy and put an importance on that because we all get older Mm-hmm. And, you know, your prime years are the years that you can make all the wealth that you can create. But when you get older, you're not as able. No. Nope. And that's where having access to finances is so incredibly important. And um, there's a lot of, though this country is a very rich country, there's a lot of poverty that exists. Well, it's interesting because, like, it's, it's about priorities. Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. some of us live for this moment right now that yes. we're living in. Yes. And then some of us are like, oh, snap. You know, some a- any day of the week, yes. something could happen to you. Yes. And do you have anything to fall back on? Like you weren't planning to be in a recession. No. Period. From however long that happened. Right. But 
with true financial literacy and understanding that that that's a possibility at any moment. I mean, yeah. we, we need to have multiple investments. We need to have savings accounts. The disposable income situation is great, you know, to, to be able to go out and buy nice things and look great and all that stuff. But it's not going to save your life. No. Right. It's not going to keep you from being homeless. Right. When you're no. 80, you can't wear that bag. Or you tomorrow. Can't live in that bag. Or tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Like, anything could happen, and what are you going to do? Yeah. It's it's a dire situation, and people don't think about it, especially in the Instagram, or yeah. not even just Instagram, but social media era, where oh, yeah. um, doing all the things yeah. is highlighted. And, um, yeah, I, I hope that more people get financially literate. So... <laughs> what's funny to to me about this is like you know when i was a phd student i used to look at people who were out in industry making all this money because you know all your friends are engineers exactly <laughs> they ball they're out here going on trips around the world and you're just like sitting in renting a catamaran in your tiny <laughs> in your tiny closet office right. uh, that's got three other people in it and eating the same sandwich you've been eating for look, the past two weeks. Making maybe <laughs> if you're lucky, thirty thousand dollars a year. Oh, maybe. that's big money. That, yeah, and that's a lot of money. I said if you're lucky. And <laughs> and the facts are those people who were out there doing all the things, making all the money, were also spending all the money. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was sitting here like, okay, how much money do I need to survive off of? Right. How many roommates can I have? How many yeah, how many free meals can I get in this week? I'm telling you. So that I could save. And so by the time, you know, I got married and all that stuff, we wanted to buy a house. The down payment for the house came from Jeremy. And I was making yeah. hardly anything. Right. But so if you can save like that as I a saved. student, that's amazing. There is such value in that. I think for me, like the recession was a blessing. Mm. it hit me in such a way that I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that I am always on my P's and Q's, Mm -hmm. regardless of how much I make. Because there is such a thing as the golden handcuffs, Mm. um, where the more money you make, the more money you spend to Mm. impress people that don't even like you. Hello. You know? Um, So for me, like... (laughs) That was a whole word over here. Yeah, yeah. it's (laughs) It's a real thing. And even me, I have to like turn off my social media at times because I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I'm not doing all the things. But all those things, what value does it bring at the end of the what day? What value mm-hmm. does it have? Mm. So, yes, child. <laughs> so, you had this illustrious career in the banking industry. And then one day you <laughs> decided, you know what? I need to get a PhD. So, what, what was that path? What, what happened there? Um, well, I had gotten married and I had. I got pregnant and I had my son and then my my then boss at the time I had asked him about probably doing something related to advancing my career and he made the mention of one day when you grow up you'll get your big girl job. Ooh. And at that point Mm-mm. I realized that uh, no, thank you. It was now or never. I had been toying with the idea of getting into something technology related, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of fears there. Like, can I really do this? I mean, I have already gotten all these degrees and else, you know, and other things. Um, 
when he said that, I enrolled for school that day. Wow. <laughs> so you like me. So you contrary. It's like, yeah. look, oh, you said I can't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got you. That, that was my catalyst. Ooh. It was it was a beautiful thing for me. But why technology? Like, was this something that was kind of something you wanted to do? Mm. Or was it always interesting to you? It was always interesting. And it touched on business as well. Like, mm. I was fascinated about, like, companies as Apple and the Facebooks and the all, all the different companies that existed that leveraged technology mm-hmm. to get their products and services out there to the consumer. So I wanted it from that standpoint. Mm. No, that and makes sense. Um, it was just like, this is also a way for me to tap into the international space because they, they impact yeah. on a global basis, you know? So mm-hmm. therefore it just made sense. And yeah. then of course that, that lovely statement was the catalyst. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So people are bold, man. People are rude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rude, rude. So you had a whole husband, kids, everything. Yes. yes. So that was that an easy transition to now go from this, you know, job where you had, you know, an awesome salary <laughs> to a PhD program? Um, no, <laughs> it was not an easy transition because also during that time, I, um, my husband um, had a daughter from a previous relationship um, and I had been in her life since she was five years old, but we got her full time. Mm. Um, so my baby, my baby Z. Um, hey, Z. Hey. Um, <laughs> we today. Yeah, she, she was oh excited. She was super excited. <laughs> Um, so we got her full time and I was like super excited about that. But then also I started my program when Oliver, my, my youngest was nine months old. So I had, (laughs) (laughs) it was a full situation. Also, I never stopped working. So I was working full time. Were you working for the same? Yes. I was working full time. I was working part time. Okay. I had the family. I had just gotten married and I had this little baby that I was responsible for that I had to figure out what what was, was life highly now. mobile. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I started and I started going to school full time. You had all the life changes. Yeah. Like, at, once. All at once. I don't know how to not say no. And I don't know how to like pace myself. If I'm going to go in, I just go in. And my motto for that time period was just do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So literally I would uh, write down a list of the things that I needed to accomplish and I would just check off my list and I would block everything out. I mean, Mm. I do not recommend people to do it that way. (laughs) (laughs) There were a lot of, you know, crying that occurred. There's a lot of, you know, like, am I crazy? I think I'm crazy. I think I'm going crazy. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you, you decide. and overcome. Yeah. You you decide to make that decision and you just go for it. Mm -hmm. You know? That's so. super cool. I mean, I admire you for that because I'm over here struggling. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no baby in the world yet, but yeah. I am struggling. There's like days of the week where I'm just like, did you make the right choice? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was not easy. And, and so like, it's funny because now... My son, he's like, mommy, I have to do my homework <laughs> because pretty much all his life, that You've was what I've been homework. doing. I've been doing homework. He's like, mommy, I need a laptop. No, Oliver, you don't but need a laptop, don't. you know? <laughs> and even um, my oldest Z, she's like, oh, you go to conferences. So you just need to write a paper so I can go to a conference with you. Oh, like she, she thinks that's just normal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's interesting how um, that experience has impacted them. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> that is really cute. That's hilarious. Cute. I'm trying to um, pop this baby out and go international yes. like three months later. So we'll see. Okay. Pray for me. You'll, here you'll for figure it. it out. I'm here for it. <laughs> Pray for me. Y'all. You'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. So what do you, what do you research? Because you're still in your PhD mm-hmm. program and you're still doing all these things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I actually move cross country. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait. Right. Okay. So you. Was this at the banking industry job or was this? No. Okay. I So I switched careers mm-hmm. after starting the PhD oh. and got into the human factors engineering. Okay. Um, and then. Um, Relevant I moved, to your degree. Yes. But what is human factors engineering? So for my purposes, it is making things usable. That is the most simple way possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be a lot of different things, whether it's technology related, mine is, Mm -hmm. um, or it could be an experience. You know, think about an amusement park. If you go in, there's certain things that happen that if they are not there, it will make for a bad experience. And Disney has done a very good job of creating that experience. Okay. Yeah. So that's an easy way of doing it. Or touch your phone. If it doesn't react the way you want it to, it's like, what is this? It you know? sure is. So right. I, I I do that. Right. That is the best way I can explain it in a okay. simplified version. Okay. So you get into this space. Yes, I get into the space. And then all the while I start going to these conferences like crazy, networking, meeting some fascinating people. And then I move cross country to <laughs> start with Walmart, which has been incredible. So um, so is your PhD remote at this point? I'm at the end. So I am right now gathering participants to do the research. Oh, smart. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're able to yes. not physically be there. Yes. Primarily because computer science, yes. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So. That's perfect. Yes. And I also, because I was very diligent in doing full-time in the beginning. So I get to not relax, but it's not as strenuous now. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So tell us more about like what human factors looks like at a place like Northrop or Walmart. Like mm-hmm. what kinds of things are you making usable? Um, for Walmart in particular, I am on the associate digital experience team, which makes all of the software easy and simple to use for Ooh. our associates. And now you have to think about Walmart. Like Walmart has over two million associates. Right. Wow. So these are that's wa- so crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like people And they ain't got <laughs> one register open. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> we ain't talking about that. Like even me when <laughs> Tell when, me if I'm lying. Uh, oh, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> You know, when I first thought about Walmart, I didn't realize, like, the scope Mm -hmm. or the depth of what this company is capable of. Like, let's be clear. Walmart is number one in Fortune 500. We're number one. We've been number one for several years. That's so... Like Beyonce said, I'm in the top two and I ain't number two. Facts. (laughs) All the way facts. Thank you for the Beyonce Beyonce reference. Yes. Yes. Um, So, like, when you think of these large companies like the Googles, the Microsofts, they come to Walmart to test the certain things because of the fact that we have such a huge population. That's so cool. You know? Yes, yes. That's so cool. Walmart does not, in my opinion, do a great job of showing how incredible they are because, like, the culture is, you know, everyday low prices. They're not trying to be showy and stuff. Exactly. But let me tell you this. So my husband works part-time with a company that does, like, contracting with these big corporations Mm -hmm. like visa walmart for Mm -hmm. example 
and they have every year this like annual convention Mm -hmm. and they can only have it in certain places because there are so So many many. of them in Mm -hmm. North America. So Orlando is typically one of the places they go. Y'all got concerts and, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like headliners coming to these events. Yes. Walmart is serious. Yeah. Walmart is, is incredible. And like mm-hmm. I, I urge people, like when they think of technology, mm-hmm. Walmart should definitely be in their top five. That's I mean definitely. It's just and maybe number one. It seems in my like opinion. such a like regular, mundane, day to day type right. of like like I don't know, just like an everyday thing. Yeah. We do incredible things. And there are a lot of brilliant people at Walmart. I mean, incredible things. Yeah. Um, and I think that also the cost of living where I'm at is just fabulous. Like I, I can afford things. But you're in you're in Arkansas. I, let me tell you, it. You would think that that is like, oh my god, why? But it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. It really isn't because you know the quality of life there. One is hands down incredible yeah um people are very nice mm. very very kind and there are open there are people from all over not even just the country but the, the world, world mm. coming there because walmart because of walmart yeah. so i i highly recommend if you're considering um, a career in technology look at walmart that is yeah. super super cool like I, I don't know like i don't think of a grocery store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are in everything. Yeah, well, that's true, And, and that's crazy. Like, you don't even realize. Like, even me, I was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> the, we are in everything. Mm. Even the things you couldn't the think of. toys on the floor, the toy section. <laughs> just think about just when Walmart's disheveled. That's the... That's what your that's mind what, pictures. That's what my mind mm-hmm. goes to. But, yeah, there's a lot of technology that goes into making sure this thing with two million associates, mm-hmm. you know, works well. And and is like the stuff is, like, fully stocked. Mm-hmm. Like, the cash registers work when people are there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have to communicate front of store, back of store, like, security. Yeah. Can you imagine the amount of security that goes into Walmart? So, obviously, Walmart has lots of technology, mm-hmm. lots of data, people, things that need to work together. So, your human factors um, work at Walmart, has that informed any of your research? And actually, yeah, what what are you researching? So, yes, back to that question. Um, it has not, it's different because I'm focusing on associates, but my research is primarily in gaming and learning. And that was inspired by Oliver, my youngest, um, because, yeah, (laughs) uh, he just turned five. But um, when I started, like, I was reading a lot of statistics regarding math and STEM-related education, and the the statistics were horrible, particularly for black boys. Hmm. Um, And this idea that science and math was not something that could be that was not something that black males were successful at Mm. that was what the statistics were telling me and it bothered me so that inspired me to look into gaming for learning for children particularly in algebra because algebra has been shown to be the catalyst into whether you're going to go to college and furthermore if you are going to be introduced into stem related um, Mm. careers and also degrees right and 
I actually gave him an iPad at a very young age. Don't don't judge me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching him. He was my little experiment to see how he would learn and embrace technology. Still experimenting. Yes. <laughs> he went from smacking the iPad to understanding the concepts of what I was showing him mm. to actually repeating it to actually understanding it to learning it. Wow. And that prompted me really to push further into, you know, the research of gaming and learning because, you know, particularly for African-American um, boys, um, Madden 2K are games that are very much played within the communities. And there's this idea in my head that if you could meet someone where they are mm -hmm. and, and show them what they love, but show them a different side of it, they will adapt to it a lot quicker because I believe that the way currently math is taught, if you are not someone who is an abstract thinker or someone that can take a concept that has nothing tangible and, and, and figure it out, mm -hmm. then you're not going to do well. And a lot of times that is how it is taught in the classroom for abstract thinkers. But what about the people who like to touch things or yeah. actually learn by playing? And that's what I wanted to figure out. So it's focused on gaming and learning. And I hope to contribute something to the research. That's so, super sweet. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. So you mentioned that you're getting participants for yes. your study. So what are you looking at in your study? What's that experience like? Um, that has been a challenging experience because when you're dealing with middle school students, it's very dicey, like, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I am still trying to figure out that. And But I do have two teachers that have been willing to Yay. assist me in this pro oh, process. So that is where I am at now, and I'm super excited. And I, and I do believe that once it is done, it is going to contribute something to the research. Um, but yes, it has been challenging and only because rightfully so I'm dealing with children. Yeah. yeah. They're a protected population. They, and they should be. And yeah. their parents too. Yeah. Yes. As a result. And yeah. Usually, <laughs> it's not necessarily so much the kids yeah. as it is the parents and yeah. what they want and yeah. what, what their expectations are and yeah. like articulating to them the value yeah. and then participating. And, so. and understandably so, because, you know, I'm taking someone's child, you know, and saying, hey, let's do X, Y, Z. And so they have to make sure that their children are protected mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth. So I, I get it. Yeah, I had a study where I was working with three to five year olds nope. on computer software <laughs> and games. But, you know, all the kids had to have a permission slip and all that stuff. And then there would be kids that are like, why can't I do it? I'm like, well, tell your mama turn in the form. <laughs> but, you know, how do you tell a three-year-old or yeah. four-year-old, like, you can't come play this game because, yeah. you know, this sort of thing happens. I'm like, all right, well, since it's half day, I can stay till your mom comes and, you know, oh say, hey, goodness. we got this game. So, <laughs> so how is this different from grad school 1.0? Yeah. Right? Like, where you... Ah. did your transition out of undergrad mm -hmm. versus now kind of later in your life? My mentality. Mm. Um, also the growth and what um, I think is important. Also the motivating factors. Like when I was younger, it was very self-motivated. Like I'm going to do this to do X, Y, Z for me. Now, yeah, because you were all about yeah, making money. Yeah, get my coin, get my bag, <laughs> <laughs> run me my coins. Um <laughs> But now it's about impact. Mm -hmm. It's about helping to change the narrative. It's about leaving something for my children to be proud of. It's about more than me. 
What do you think changed? Growth. I think just just being like exposed to different being exposed, things. having a different experiences, and getting older. I think you if if you haven't changed from when you were in your twenties, like I'm turning thirty six this coming year. Hey, I, me too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know when I graduated, I was twenty one. Yeah, you're in a whole. You know, mind I was space. a baby, so you know the things that happened between twenty one and thirty six, like it feels like light years ago. Um, so my focus is different. And also, I mean, I've, I have a whole family now. Mm-hmm. My priorities are different. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think those things, you know, have really big impact. So mm-hmm. I'm sure your advisor appreciates this hyper focus because you're like, <laughs> look, I'm not here for play play. I need to get some things done. Shout out to Dr. Cole. My advisor, she, oh, bless her because, <laughs> <laughs> because I give her timelines. I'm like, mm. Dr. Cole. I need to get this done at this time, by this week, by this minute. And she's like, you need to relax just a little bit. <laughs> and she she's so supportive. She is an incredible advisor. And she she helps me um, simmer it down just a little bit. Uh, Are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she says to me, she, um, she laughs. She's like, I've never had a student like you. Wow. Be- because... I usually have to go to the students and say, hey, but you, you come to me with your <laughs> with right. your checklist. Again, my very type A personality. So <laughs> yeah, one of my PhD students is very much like that. Yeah. Um, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it is. But then sometimes it's like, look, these are the things that are necessary and sufficient for graduation. Yeah. You're proposing all these outside yeah. things that will delay said graduation. Yeah. So now we're looking for a postdoc situation so he can stay and do all those awesome things things that we've talked about that we just don't have time to yeah she she keeps me she keeps me on track which i i appreciate that's how did you pick your advisor (laughs) because um she was one of my professors of one of the classes i took and i really just loved her like the way she just the way her mind worked Mm -hmm. and i was like i actually just shot my shot Mm because that's another thing like i i don't hold punches if i want something i go right for it and I went up to her and I was like, you should be my advisor. She was like, <laughs> she was like OK. <laughs> so is this her research area or are you doing something that, like she's like, you know what? You can I'll advise you through this project. No, her research. Er- she's actually OK. I want to I want to say this right. She actually did research in the brain. Mm. Right. Like she is she has a medical background and a psychology background. So Mm. she is a very fascinating woman. Um, But again, she was teaching courses that I was in and I just loved the way she thought. And I felt like she would bring a lot of um, depth and and added value to my process. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been wrong. So you mean to say that you can pick based on advisor compatibility and not the project? I did. What? (laughs) No, we've been out here trying to tell these PhD students that, like, look, you know, it's all well and good to have a desired project and area, but if y'all don't get along, and there is a professor you get along with that can help you through a lot quicker, Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily your most desirable project, you might need to pick the person that you can get stuff done with. Get the degree and get out. Exactly. That's that's the goal. You know, that should be another, I, I next shirt. Get yes. the degree and get out. <laughs> I, I, I 100% agree with that. And she encourages me to finish, you know. And I think that the PhD is a very, um, it's a difficult 
process because there's so many different things that you're dealing with Mm -hmm. um, and you grow as a result. So through this journey, I want to have people that bring something to my life. And she's been one of them. That's beautiful. So who, who else is contributing to your success right now? My, my bae. (laughs) <laughs> Jonathan, jo- yeah Jonathan Gibbs um he has been instrumental um you know whether it's hey I got you this cupcake you know I know you're greedy and <laughs> you love food <laughs> and just to pick me up you know he's super supportive he's incredibly supportive and I think that that is important to have a partner who understands and is willing to to walk this journey with you. Mm-hmm. Um, my children, they're very supportive. You know, they, they ask me, so what conference are you going to? Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. okay, or Zion, she'll be like, I'll read to Oliver so that you can go do your work. Aww. And, you know, uh, Oliver, oh, mommy, I'm going to do my homework with you, <laughs> even though he has no homework, <laughs> you know? Better get that um, baby some homework. Yeah, you know, like the, my family, my core, um, my girlfriends, my girlfriends, oh, they, they pray with me. They they talk me off the ledge. They they keep me grounded. You know, my mother, you know, I ask her, how did you do it? She, you know, she gives me hers. My grandmother, you know, who gave up everything from her life to come to this country to help me become the person I am. Like, there's so many people. I stand on the shoulders of people that have been supportive. So it's not just me alone. Yeah, I love that. So, Pam, we also know you from a lot of your work in uh, diversity and mm-hmm. inclusion, not only just for black people, but also women mm-hmm. in computer science. So uh, you're currently on the board of trustees at Anita Borg. So what what is Anita Borg, by the way, for people who don't know? So it is an organization that is working to change the narrative about technology and include a more diverse workforce, which focuses on women. Um, I think that's the best way I can explain it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So what do you get to help decide? Um, a lot of different things. It is my uh, first time being um, in a role like this, and it's fascinating because I get to see the behind the scenes of, you know, all the work that is put in. Um, mm-hmm. And Anita B., um, aside from the Grace Hopper celebration, which is their claim to fame, a lot of people know about Anita B. through the Grace Hopper celebration, which is which is the largest conference for women in technology, period, yeah. across the globe. Um, but they have a lot of initiatives um, that, that span across the year. And they're an incredible, incredible organization run by some incredible people. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we've met some of them, yeah. and we like them a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're pretty dope. Yeah, hey, Quincy, we want to get her here, too. Oh, Quincy's cute. awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, okay, so speaking of Quincy, yeah. uh, <laughs> there's also Black Compute Her, which yes. you're a part of. Yes, I'm a fellow. Woo-hoo. Shout out. <laughs> How's that been? Yeah. That has been transformative um, wow. because you don't – how do I want to say this? I get to be in a room of people who look like me and are doing similar things, even if it's a different set of like related to STEM or technology, mm-hmm. yeah. just to be in that room because there's not a lot of us in the space of, of STEM period. And I, and I, and I say STEM purposely because when you, you add those together, it's, there's very small um, numbers. And so to be in a space that is created for black women 
um, and that is safe and that you can learn and grow and become better and hone your talent and your skills and your acumen. I mean, it's just, it's been transformative. It's a, it's a really near and dear part of my experience. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, didn't out. you do a cool talk at the Black Computer? Yeah. yeah. Can you yeah. give a few, because you had some, y'all had some really good nuggets in that talk. Yeah. Well, shout out to Dr. Day. Yeah. Um, friend of the podcast. Yeah. Real friend, because she's been on there. Yeah, she has. <laughs> um, we did uh, Black Girl Magic and breaking it down and what that looks like, the history, where it was, where it was started. And then also, you know, what are some of the implications, positive and negative implications of black girl magic? How do you, um, how do you manage it? Mm. Because with the black girl magic, there also comes these expectations that you're almost superhuman mm-hmm. and that you can't take a break and that you're supposed to be a support and help to everyone. And it can be detrimental, Yeah, you know? And so we wanted to say, yes, you can be black girl magic, but it has its limitations. And you have to know when to say when. And that was a really, really cool talk. Um, I hope to do more of those. So, and, you know, I just, I'm surrounded by all these incredible women, and particularly uh, black women, who I can pull inspiration from. Um, and I, I appreciate that. So what are y'all up to? Like, yeah. what are some cool things that Black Computer or Anita B, what are, what are y'all doing that we need to know? Yeah. Huh. About. Let's see. <laughs> There's so many things. There's so many things. Um, with Anita B, we're uh, we're preparing for the next year's festivities, oh, which yeah. are going to be amazing. Where's it going to be again? I can't say. Oh, they didn't. They didn't announce it. I don't. I, oh, I, it's not coming out of my mouth. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Listen, all I want is a T-shirt. I said this on a recent podcast. Jamika, give me a shirt, okay? Get a shirt. <laughs> That's all I want. Yeah, their shirts were really nice. They were so yeah. cute last yeah. year, and I really, 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 really want one. Yeah, we'll revisit that conversation because I was telling her people really want. I'll that buy shirt. one. I was telling her we could put it on the podcast website and be like, whatever needs to happen. Whatever needs to happen. (laughs) So cute. That organization, I mean, they're doing so much behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And like you think about it, you know, the, the most marginalized of us do things with such vigor with next to nothing Mm -hmm. and we literally create magic that's that black girl magic Mm -hmm. and and it's just incredible the impact i think for years to come it it will have you know i'm i'm in awe of what they've been able to do and i'm so excited to be a small part of the ecosystem do you you feel like the contributions that they're making are really going to be transformative for diversity equity and inclusion i do because you know what you can't be what you can't see Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I do. I firmly believe that. And like I I started thinking about what is this idea of black girl magic. Right. Um, Where does it you know, why did it come up? Mm -hmm. And of course, me being the researcher, um, (laughs) we literally are black girl magic. And the reason why is because, you know, think about all the major scientific breakthroughs, some way, some shape, some form. It was attached to a black woman, whether it was the unfortunate father of gynecology who Mm -hmm. was testing on black female slaves, whether it was Henrietta Lacks, whose Mm -hmm. cells have now basically spawned modern medicine, Medicine, you know, whether it was I mean, just everything, you know, you, you think about that. And again, it's because the most marginalized of us, you know, have to create things. 
Um, and when we create things, it has impact that can solve problems for a large multitude of people. And now we're finally really seeing that mainstream. Exactly. Yeah. Because social media allows for our voices to be amplified. Yeah. You know, so there is truth when they say black girl magic. It, it really is a real thing. Mm. Last question. Sure. How is that different for you in the business sector mm-hmm. versus the tech sector which you're in now how is diversity equity inclusion different Hmm. give me another example i'm trying to think like are your experiences different are you seeing common themes in terms of what needs to be done to move the needle forward are you battling the same microaggressions? Right. Are like, you... Is it different? Is it, is the experience for you different? Because you're in two different worlds. Mm-hmm, you, yeah. or you've been in two different worlds. I don't know how I separate the, the two mm-hmm. because it's just been my normal existence. Um, so for me, again, my personality is very in your face. I'm very direct. Um, if I'm not going to wait for you to give me what I want. Okay. So therefore, it's just been normal. Um, there are things that I don't like and there are things that I do like um, about both. And what I've decided to do is help be the catalyst uh, of change in the way that I can be versus, you know, focusing on the things that I don't like. I think that there are a lot of initiatives now mm-hmm. that are pushing the diversity forward, the diversity of voice, the diversity of culture, diversity of experience, so on and so forth. And I can appreciate that. And that's what I tend to focus on. Um, you know, that's great. It, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Kyla has one more question. Oh yeah. So, so that wasn't to, the last one. Okay. <laughs> I to go back to like what we were talking about at, um, breakfast this morning. Um, because all three of us are victim of this doing the absolute most yes. all the time. And, um, I don't feel like I'm doing the most, but fine. <laughs> You're doing the most. <laughs> and just kind of having people who are not necessarily in your main pocket of people, mm-hmm. but they're kind of in the peanut gallery that have comments for, mm-hmm. you know, for things like that. How do you, because also, you know, like you said, you're doing all of this, you have kids, husband, career, you're traveling, you're doing a PhD, you're working. Mm-hmm. Like, how, what do you say to those naysayers? Always stay gracious. Best revenge is your payback. And I and I keep that mantra. Full circle. I keep that mantra. <laughs> I really do. I really, really do. Uh, because you can talk about it, but I'm actually about it. Mm. You know, and, and that's the difference. And it's not about being cocky, but, like, I have receipts to pull up. And I can show you them. Um, it's <laughs> it's It's a thing that I've had to get comfortable with. I'm still uncomfortable with it. Um, however, you know, I also know that I have been brought here into this world for a purpose and hopefully I achieve that purpose and I cannot allow other people to take me from that. Um, again, I still struggle with it, but it, you know, it's only impossible until it's done. Mm -hmm. And that's a Nelson Mandela quote. And the last one, which is now my power quote Mm -hmm. for 2020 is expand you are not made to occupy small your Mm. foremothers did not do what they did so you could be small i ain't got nothing else no that's it we ain't saying nothing else after that (laughs) 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 well Pam, it was so good to have you here today thank you so much for spending your time with us so if people want to keep up with you later where can they find you at pamela disrupts 
on Instagram because yes. I've been disrupting <laughs> things since I was a little bit. <laughs> and I am also on Twitter with the same um, handle, but I need to get better. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Pam. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Ah, thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> As always, you can find us on our website at modernfigurespodcast.com, where you can also purchase items from our online store. Send us questions via email at askus at modernfigurespodcast.com. The podcast is also on social media. Just search for Modern Figures Podcast. And you can find Kyla and I on Twitter. Kyla is at Dr. Underscore Kyla. And I'm at Jeremy Waysa. Until, Until next time, time, stay hydrated, moisturized, and, and protect, protect your peace. peace.